Hi, and welcome to On the Road with Supernatural, the podcast where we watch and discuss Supernatural episode to episode from the beginning. I'm Jasper Graydon. I'm Jordan Graham. And I'm Allie. And we'll be your hosts for this Monster of the Week journey through American folklore and Christian mythology. Okay, so if you got to be the Grim Reaper for a day, what would your Grim Reaper outfit be? You know, I always go first. I'm going to let Allie go. Oh, that's true. You do pressure. always go first. I'm just so excited. Even when we, even when we rate. Yeah. Yeah. I'm so type A that I was like, okay, think about it when Jordan says it. All right, I can go. <laughs> I can go because I definitely have an answer. I love that. So it depends mm-hmm. if the Grim Reaper exists in this. I'm going to assume that Christian Heaven and Hell exist, um, just for the sake of this. Sure. Sure. Um, so if they're going to hell, I'm gonna be super ironic and show up as like the most beautiful like gabriel-esque angel i love that but if they're going to heaven then i'm gonna make sure they know it's gonna be a fucking party i'm gonna show up in like <laughs> assless chaps oh my i'm God. gonna have like a madonna bra that's shooting I sparklers this. i love this and it's gonna be like get ready bitch we're starting the party for eternity <laughs> I love that. Yeah, it's definitely. very on brand of you, Jordan. Yeah, it is. The highest of heels. I'm ready for it. Party um, dominatrix. Oh, perfect. That's a good vibe. I think I would just go weird. I'm just going for a woman with super long hair that is naked, but the hair just conveniently covers oh. your tits. Yeah, you're you're on some like Lady Godiva shit. Mm-hmm. Yes. Do you have a horse? No. Okay. Oh. No. I walk around. Some more like Bayonetta. I'm barefoot. <laughs> yes. I saw a lot of pictures growing up of like Irish old stories. Oh, yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. I imagine. But then if I was taking them fr- to hell, I would smile and like my face would peel away and my teeth <gasps> would be black and like just something terrifying. Is this for everyone or just the naughty people? Just the naughty people. Okay. Hmm. I'm really basic and gay, so... <laughs> I would literally dress like Spike from Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And Mm. I would have like the crappy, Sharpie colored (laughs) fingernails and be smoking cigarettes. The whole shebang. Today's episode is season one, episode 12, Faith. The one where the boys protest radicals Christian extremism. This episode was written by Sarah Gamble and Rail Tucker and directed by Alan Croker. It originally aired on January 17th, 2006. Nice. This was an episode. (laughs) It was a lot. It was a lot. It's very dense. It is. It's intense. I actually was telling my uh, co-host here that I didn't take a whole lot of notes because it is my first viewing. So I just kind of had to digest this episode. Yeah. I felt like I was studying for an exam the night before. (laughs) I'm just scribbling down and then also research. Yes. I forgot how much this episode was because I thought it was a different episode. Mm. Allie was under the misconception that this was season two, episode one, which it is not. Mm. Yeah, it's not at all. That was... A surprise. I did like this different take on the cold open. It was not a cold open, actually. It was kind of, we started the episode. Yeah. We started at the narrative start, actually. Yeah, that's true. It was really weirdly abrupt. Yeah. Like, especially after so many cold opens. I was like, is this allowed? Like, what is going on? (laughs) Yeah. I, I... I'm not really a fan of the cold open, to be honest. I think it has to be a really good one. 
Yeah. So it was so, glad for So this. for me, that's a bonus. Like last episode's cold open. That was a good cold open. Yeah. In yes. my opinion. Agree. This one felt like 24, like where in each episode <gasps> you are mid-action. That's yeah. right. It did feel like an episode of 24. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really depressing one. <laughs> exactly. Good grief. Okay, I will say, I'm kind of glad we didn't have to stick around for the raw head, though. Would not have been my favorite monster. But I like that it's kind of one of the few corporeal monsters mm. we've gotten this season so far. Yeah. Last time it was cor- corporeal though you're right i love the was. grabbing of an ankle between the stairs yeah yeah yeah, yeah. when oh, i looked up um the raw head to double check that i was correct about what it is which is like basically just a boogeyman mm. kidnaps naughty children kind of mm-hmm. thing the first picture i saw of it it was hiding under the stairs actually no <laughs> yeah so it was actually really appropriate that it grabbed from yeah, through the stairs through the steps good on them for doing a monicum of research <laughs> it just reminds me every time of in house of wax when she gets her achilles tendon snapped oh scissors oh. yeah oh, paris hilton oh. paris hilton yeah. shout out this was the episode of dean we got some big Dean shouts. Oh, yeah. The, the fake deep voice. Yeah, which we haven't really gotten yet. True. Not recently, anyway. We talk about it a lot. I also put, I put my first notes in basement. Spooky. Open a cupboard to find school children? Question mark. <laughs> like, not what I expected to be in I this mean, creepy basement. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. It goes into the raw head legend, though. It's mm-hmm. a child snatcher. And that makes sense. Yeah, I was just like, what? I have thoughts about their hiding place, but I'll save them for later because they connect with a larger thing. Oh, you know more than I. I did like the Dean electrocution. I know that sounds terrible. (laughs) Allie is like, I love to watch Dean suffer. No, I'm like, I (laughs) love that they're like, this is the environment. If you electrocute a guy and you're standing in the water that he's standing in, like you're fucked too. Like I love that it actually went into some ramification for how they handled something. And it's so realistic. Yeah. Uh, And that's not something that they do nearly as much as they ought to. Yeah, this was an interesting way to get to point A to point B than previous episodes where it's just like connecting stories in newspapers. Mm -hmm. And I like that the monster hunt that they're involved in isn't the story. Yeah. Like they start with the conclusion of a monster hunt. It's like the appetizer. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I did like that. Or the pre-dinner drinks. The apps. The apps. Will there be zerts? Some appies and zertsies. <laughs> <laughs> My brain couldn't even process because I was just so disgusted. <laughs> um, I So after the scene, we get to the hospital and there mm-hmm. was something I kind of like a scene that I think is a continuing characterization I'm starting to see. And it's kind of how authority figures treat mm. Dean compared to how they treat Sam. Mm. So any like interaction Dean has had with the police has been very negative. Yeah. But what's so funny is Sam had an interaction with the police where, so he got interviewed by the police for what had happened, yeah. Dean getting shocked. And then he has to give a fake credit card where his last name is mentioned in front of these police. And it was probably not the name that he gave. <laughs> And then the police just totally don't even care. And they're just like, okay, take your time. You can give your statement whenever, honey. Yeah. I do want to briefly mention um, the actress who played the nurse at the counter Mm. um, uh, is a recurring actress in Mm. the series. Yeah, she comes back both as a one-off mom in Mm -hmm. an episode. I want to say it's in the 
Striga episode. That's funny. Um, but she's also she also plays the um, angel Hannah in the later mm, seasons mm. as well. Oh yeah, get your money, girl. I, yeah, I did like okay with the cop thing. I'm like, if Dean's having this much problem, imagine if our main character wasn't a cis white straight male. Yeah, and that's something I think about all the time mm-hmm. with this, like. They would have been shot by the cops so many fucking times by now. And, like, with Sam, I think it does show because in society, like, if you're college educated, if you have, like, a career or profession that's deemed, like, higher, like, you do have a different experience. So I like that, but I think in reality there's a lot more disparity. Mm, Yeah. And I think Sam, uh, part of the reason why um, his interactions with Mm -hmm. cops are positive in this episode versus Dean's, is just because he has a different attitude towards them. And we do see that even in the very first episode, he's Mm -hmm. like, why do you have to talk to the cops like that? Mm -hmm. Um, Dean is very anti-cop. And Sam is like, whatever, they're just doing their job. I like to see some consistent characterization, though. That is always nice in a TV series. Yeah. And speaking of that, I love how they continue uh, Dean's humor in this. Yeah. Um, I think it makes it even more tragic to see him suffering and see him trying so hard to cover it up. Yeah. And Sam call him out. And it's so real because um, if you're someone who copes with humor, like, yeah. in those darkest moments are when you really... Yeah. Especially, like, yeah, yeah. he always goes to kind of, like, gross, sexist humor, but he was, like, really laying it on mm-hmm. this Very episode. Thick. Yeah. Yeah, just as much deflecting as could possibly be done. Oh, yeah. What did you think of Sam's phone call to John? Oh, yeah, where he left the voicemail and then just, like, dropped the phone. He's a new. Yeah. John doesn't give a shit. Yeah. I didn't even remember it because to me, like, John is such, like, a non-point in Dean's life. Like, he's there in the yeah. background in terms of how Dean responds to things, but he's not present. Right. So, uh, what gets me about that scene in particular is that John has made himself unavailable. As an audience, we expect he's not going to pick up. But the fact that there was never, like, a return call or, mm. like, a miss message, nothing, nothing mm-hmm. by the end of the episode. Fuck that guy. Yeah, exactly. Like, it just kind of seems like he doesn't give a shit about Dean. Like, because they've even had moments where it's like, we've at least found out that he secretly cared about Sam. Mm -hmm. We've gotten none of that for Mm -hmm. Dean. It's so heartbreaking. Yeah. Especially because Dean is the one who goes out of his way to try and impress John. Mm -hmm. Yes. And, like, all of Dean's interests are imported from Mm -hmm. John. From his jacket to the car the music it's just so it hurts yeah it definitely has like the child literally trying to do everything to make his father proud and is just never gonna get that validation Mm -hmm. it feels like he's a middle child and i also thought that was kind of a good way to start this episode with that phone Mm -hmm. call because like it kind of gave a little bit of insight into dean's psyche for the rest of this episode And if we're talking about, like, last episode, we talked briefly about the idea of um, John as sort of, like, a godlike figure Mm -hmm. to Dean. His absence in this episode in particular, Mm -hmm. which deals closely with Dean's, um, like, faith and ability to believe that something good could happen to him and he would deserve it it it's just (laughs) ouchie yeah and the parallel between his loss of faith like for dean he's never 
overtly been a Christian or a yeah. religious person, so his loss of faith is in his father. Yeah. And like Sam has a more healthy distance from his father. Mm-hmm. I kind of so Sam's argument with Dean is always, why do you follow him so blindly? Like he's never like I wish he would be like John doesn't deserve you to yes. treat him like that. I wish he would validate a little yeah, bit. Yeah. When he gets on Dean's case about it, he's punching down. Yeah. Instead of up. I don't know if they have the emotional, like, maturity or skill set to do that, though. Yeah. Because I think it very much is, like, these blocked-off male emotions. Yeah. yeah. Well, is... on top of that, they have a, a somewhat contentious mm-hmm. um, sibling relationship, somewhat competitive sibling relationship. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even when you don't have a contentious or competitive sibling relationship, siblings butt heads. and. Yes bicker and mm-hmm. are mean to each other they that's just how siblings are so i don't know it does make sense but it mm-hmm. it's sad to see yeah yeah it's heartbreaking yeah it'd be different if they were like both going through it too but like dean has taken the brunt of a lot of the <laughs> emotional labor of yeah. every situation it kind of feels to me like um children of narcissists or children of parents who aren't there um oftentimes they're like well the parent won't change right so why have issue with the parent's behavior right and then you treat the sibling with kind of that built-up energy yeah because then you'll you feel like you'll get something even though it's not fair to project that right right you believe in the sibling's ability to change Mm -hmm. but feel contempt for their lack of motivation to do so yeah yeah i i think you really hit the nail on the head there Allie. yes of course no experience with that um (laughs) nope but um the thing that interests me about the phone call is once again the difference between the way sam talks to john on the Mm -hmm. phone and the way dean does because I was saying last time, like, Dean is, like, leaving messages and he's emotional and, mm-hmm. you know, it is like prayer. But Sam is just like, hey, these are the facts. Bye. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, just anything to not be emotionally invested because he has no faith in John. Yes. I never thought about this, but I uh, wrote a few things about the cults like religion and mm-hmm. if we stretch that parallel to his father it really is like lose leaving the cult and being like um disenfranchised with yeah that familial relation and trusting someone else and all of that and yeah. dean obviously goes through all of that in this and further on but then a little bit of spoilies he finds faith through all of that so it's kind of like what parallel do we make then i really like that though because i think of it as finding faith in like systems and people who will give it back um like finding faith in his brother and finding faith in that relationship rather than projecting that into the unhealthy relationship with his father and we can revisit that again (laughs) but i agree Something that really interests Mm -hmm. me also about Sam in this episode is how in line with his sort of to the point pragmatic tone and everything on the phone, he is very, he he seems to treat every situation that he's in throughout the episode that way Mm -hmm. Um, to the point that he even lies to Dean to get what he wants. Yes. Mm -hmm. The specialist thing, because he knows that Dean would be like, no, I'm not going to see a faith healer so he just tells him we're oh we're seeing a specialist yeah Yeah. it's easier than arguing 
I even forgot they're there because of Sam's interest. Yeah. That slipped my mind. Yeah. It's because Sam is very desperate Mm -hmm. in that moment. Yeah. I did like that that was a good character thing for Sam as well, because if it wasn't for desperation, I really don't see Sam like going to visit a faith healer for like any reason. I feel like he would have been like, this is really stupid. He'd be the science guy. So it does show how desperate. I disagree. Oh, I think that Sam is more likely to try things and to search for things to believe in and faith outside of the systems he's used to because of his lack of faith in John. Mm. I disagree. I also am thinking of him in later seasons, yeah. like his reverence, however short-lived, for angels <laughs> and things like that. I don't know. I th- feel like at this point, because um, Sam's so science-minded and so, like, academic traditional, I feel like he'd be less likely. But just my interpretation. Maybe, yeah, maybe season one, Sam. Yeah. Just based off the information we've been given thus far in the series, I feel like it's... Later on, I yeah. agree. I don't know. I don't know. I I think it's hard to say just because of how much they have to like really go out on a mm-hmm. limb with some of the supernatural forces they're interacting with. Yeah. Yeah, that was a little thing too with like Dean not wanting to go. I was like you literally fight demons and ghosts <laughs> and like yeah. Literally anything's possible. Right. But he, I mean, he believes that he believes in the forces of evil because he's been mm-hmm. taught to believe in them. He hasn't been taught to believe in, in good. In good. Yeah. So, especially not in people. Yeah. I feel. And he was unfortunately right. <laughs> oh. oh, no. Can we talk about the place they go and the trope we meet? Sure. I love when they, because the blind prophet or blind, mm-hmm. like, oh, not always prophet, but like more intelligent, like seer in a yeah, way. Yeah, no, it, that is a trope. It's like people who have access to the other mm-hmm. side of the veil, access to the divine, often will be afflicted with blindness mm-hmm. um, because it, you know, it makes them more mystical or whatever, whatever. Um, it's just a thing. There's more characters like that in this show yes definitely yeah and it just it's just so pervasive and like across time and history and culture right that was interesting they start with that because it is something where you like might believe this is someone who has a deeper connection yeah and i think following episode 11 where sam specifically accuses dean of having blind faith Mm -hmm. it you know Maybe it's a little on the nose, but mm-hmm. they don't ever they don't ever talk about Dean having blind faith in mm-hmm. anything in this episode, nor does anyone else. Mm-hmm. So Yeah. It's it's a nice little thematic echo. I feel like a casual viewer watching as it aired once a week would maybe not have remembered that particular mm-hmm. detail. So it would be like fine. Yes. I know we usually talk about the fashion of what the characters are wearing, but I just want to give a shout out to that beautiful black wallpaper <laughs> with the creeping floral. Yes. Oh, in the motel. In the motel. I was like, what a beautiful I want that motel on a wallpaper. Shirt. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. It was very pretty mm-hmm. for seemingly no reason. 
And maybe it's just because wallpaper is kind of making a comeback right now. But yeah. as we all live in shitty apartments, we're not allowed to paint. So we... Okay, but as someone whose family, like, redid a house from the 1800s, wallpaper fucking sucks. Um, there weren't very many fashion things that caught my eye. Mm-mm. But I was wondering about Layla, what you thought her pendant was. Because to me, it looked a lot like a saint coin pendant Mm. but i'm assuming that she's some kind of non-denominational and not catholic which makes me wonder what it was and my gut was telling me that probably because of symbolism and thematic blah 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 that it was like mary related but you can't really tell yeah it's It's never like it's hard to see did you guys no i actually noticed it and i was curious I kept but. looking at it so hard. I was like, what is that necklace? I'm sure it's something. Because she wears it in every scene. Yeah, if anyone watches this and knows, let us know in the comments. We'd love to find out. Yeah. Yeah, it does very much look like a saint, but I can't tell from well, I don't who. think they ever showed it to us very clearly, which honestly makes me think it was like a really proppy necklace. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you can see it the most clearly in the last scene she's in, which is the most significant yes. scene. Mm-hmm. Um, in the episode, but I don't know. Allie is doing some phone searching, some so. zooming on yeah. Google images. There's one where I can almost see it, but not quite. Yeah. Well, maybe we'll have something later. I just feel like 2005. Everyone was really into their cross necklaces. Well, it wasn't a cross though. Yeah, which which is what I'm saying. Like, I'm just surprised that it just throw a cross necklace oh, on her. I get what you mean. That's funny because in 2005, I was really into these necklaces. <laughs> True. Well, that we didn't have a large Catholic population where um, I was from, so you didn't really see much yeah. of that. Oh, let's just take a second, since we're talking about mm-hmm. Layla, shout out to Julie Benz. I love Julie Benz. She uh, notably plays Darla in Buffy the Vampire Slayer and in Angel, and uh, she's just so good. She is. I love her in this episode. There's not, like, even if I didn't know that she was Darla, I would not pick up that vibe at all. Same. <laughs> also, I have a soft mm-hmm. spot for Darla, just because of her horrible treatment in Angel. In Angel. But... <laughs> yeah. Uh, again, with the fucking fuck Joss Whedon stuff. Yeah. Why has he got to, like, make all his female characters in Angel, like, pregnant and then die? Yep. What's that, like, three of them? (laughs) And poor fucking Cordelia is, like, always getting demon pregnancies or whatever. I won't, like, uh, go past this just because I don't want to derail us too much, but he has a weird obsession with pregnancy in general. Like, remember in the Avengers movie where that was, like, uh, the big thing with... Natasha's oh, was, that character. was in Age of Ultron, oh, yeah. the one that yeah, I watched on the airplane. I remember that movie. being extremely cursed. Yeah, I will say, though, I do draw Buffy parallels in this episode because just oh. the feeling of hopelessness in the beginning felt very Buffy. Mm. And then the makeup on the Grim Reaper felt very Buffy. <laughs> it did. It did. It was very um, thick. Yes. It looked like he had rubbed his face in a fireplace. I yeah. can see that. Mm-hmm. Just a lot I of ash. It. A lot. Yeah, I thought it was fine. I liked it. Like, honestly, I I prefer that kind of, you know, I've said this every single episode. Practical effects. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Monster makeup. We love it. And I loved, speaking of which, I loved the weird rawhide makeup <laughs> and stuff. Or rawhide, listen to me. Rawhead makeup. <laughs> 
actually thought the rawhead makeup was good, and then they also purposely obscured it, so you get like one yeah. really good shot of it. And I'm like, you didn't really have to hide that one. I thought it was decent. I I liked it being like kind of obscured. Its outfit was funny to me though. It was yeah. wearing like a messed up suit, and it also had like the golem hair. Yeah, kind of like the Wendigo. Like our Mads Mikkelsen golem. Don't talk about that. <laughs> bring, bring back. The- Stop. <laughs> Greasy. No. Stop it. I don't know. That was an interesting scene. Mm-hmm. Um, I will again say like some of the props. They, they've done really good with the monster makeup, but then like like ancient cross. <laughs> oh, the um, was it a Copic cross? I don't know. Let me see. But yes, it was goofy. I yeah. agree. It looked like something that they uh, were again with the spirit Halloween. Yeah, exactly. They like went into like a clay shop at a middle school and was like, "Hey, can someone like quickly mold a cross for us?" Yeah, <laughs> it's weird how there's that discrepancy yeah. of of like quality with some of this stuff. I mean, it's different departments to be yes, sure. Absolutely. So I guess it just depends their distribution of resources. Can you all correct me on something Hmm. as well? In this scene, when Dean is healed Mm -hmm. and he sees the ghost and he's Mm -hmm. relaying this, relaying this to Sam later, he is like, I've been, I I saw the spirit. I know it was there. And then Sam is like, hmm, it can't be because I've been seeing weird stuff and I haven't seen it. He said weird stuff recently, but like, we haven't talked about his psychicness since the like Amity, or the uh, poltergeist episode. Yeah, true. Yeah. Which feels like a lifetime ago. Yeah, for real. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Um, I think he's just referring in general to his prophetic dreams. Maybe he was thinking that, like, if something crazy were to happen to Dean, that he would see it first because mm-hmm. of his closeness to Dean. Mm. But they haven't... You're right that they haven't really explored his psychic visions or anything very much. And it's possible that that was just a line of dialogue to remind us oh, that, that makes sense. he does True. have those. Which is very off the cusp. Yeah. I looked it up and it is a Coptic cross, but Coptic is like a genre of oh, crosses. Oh, okay. And so um, it's specifically ones that were influenced by Egyptian culture. Yeah. And it has the circle like in the onk. Like in the onk, yeah. yes. So it is a Coptic cross. I don't know if there's a specific for that I one. See. But yeah, that's where it's influenced from. Which I was interested. I was like, where is this car? I never see that one. Yeah. Well I think it's interesting too that it's hollow. Like there's yeah. a portion of it, like there's blood in it. Mm-hmm. It's very, very strange. Thank you, Hallie. She is our Wikipedia. I swear I don't use her Wikipedia much. <laughs> no, I try not to. It. You know what? Let me tell you something about Wikipedia. It's fine as long as you are also going to the bottom and looking at the resources that they use. Like, what are the mm-hmm. reference points for the article? And then looking at those references and seeing, okay, are these mm-hmm. believable? Are these reputable? My opinion is it's a good base knowledge. If you're looking to understand just the basic of something, it's a great place sure. for I an overview and then really, go deeper. It's really going to depend, though, on, topic. on, on the topic. Mm-hmm. Science, math, those kinds of things, mm-hmm. really great. History, horrible. Yeah, it's often missing, like, the biggest chunks. Well, and it's always extremely biased is the yes. biggest issue. But anyway. Yeah, this is from learnreligions.com. <laughs> <laughs> Which probably is also biased in <laughs> a different way. Oh, um, 
So after Dean kind of um, tells Sam about the ghost, we get a lore scene. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, the montage. And I liked the Cowabunga music <laughs> playing <laughs> over nice. it. I, it reminded me a lot of the Shapeshifter episode. I think it might be the same band. I was okay, like I made eye contact with Jordan while we were watching the episode, and I think we were sharing a brain cell <laughs> yeah, it about was that. Like, oof. <laughs> yeah, that music was like it wasn't as bad as the Shapeshifter mm-hmm. yes, episode. Correct. I think by virtue of the fact that we couldn't really discern what the lyrics were Ooh. entirely. It was like mumbly enough that yes. it could just be atmospheric. At the very least, it wasn't who's your mommy, who's your daddy. <laughs> <laughs> that was so funny. <laughs> oh, goodness. Um, I was kind of disappointed by the lore. Yeah. Because they talk about the Grim Reaper, but when I researched, it's so much more interesting. Like, um, you have... Oh, are you going to... Yeah, if you don't mind. Share... Not the tarot yet. The lore? The lore. On the Grim Reaper? On the Grim Reaper. Thank you, Allie. Um, (laughs) so in ancient Greek mythology, they have, um, Thanatos, who guides souls to the underworld, and... Mm -hmm. I thought this was interesting. He is the son of night and darkness, and then he is the twin of sleep. Oh, yeah. yeah Lache. Yeah, which I thought was fast. Oh, Hypnos. Hypnos. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh. Which I think is so fascinating. Um, and he's the god of nonviolent death, has wings and a burned out torch. Um, so that's one of the older ones, but you have like all different ones. I tried jotting down similar ones, um, like Irish Dulahan, who is a headless horseman. In all black, um, we have Scotland has the, oh, I'm so pronouncing this wrong, Kusith, which is the black dog. Is it the Kushi? Oh, probably. Thank you. Um, Poland has the Smirk, which... <laughs> the what? It's like the Grim Reaper, also skeletal, but has a white cloak. Um, and you can even go into things like Korean, which has... He's specifically stern, ruthless bureaucrat, which I love for the Grim Reaper. Mm. Um, or like Latin America, why I was thinking of her necklace. Um, there's Santa Muerta, which is a female skeleton in bright clothing, and she's folk Catholicism, part of folk Catholicism. See, that's what I thought Layla's medallion looked like. I'm really hoping it was. But it's there's just no reason for her to have that because yeah. she's a random. Well, actually, white lady. it's from Mexico and the southern U.S. Okay. So, um, but this is Nebraska. I know that's true. <laughs> Farther in the south, there's San La Muerte, which is the male skeleton in the cloak, um, with a scythe, and he's from places like Argentina, Paraguay, Brazil. So a lot are similar, the imagery of black, um, kind of like emotionless going through the process. But I was most fascinating in where the Green Ripper come from. Did you, do either of you know this? No. I don't know how I didn't know this and my heart is leaping with joy. He came about in the 1300s because of the plague, the Black Plague. Oh. Specifically, which is so interesting. That's interesting. Because culturally, they're coping with mass death. Yes. Um, all of this. And in a lot of artwork, they had ooh, the dance macabre. I'm saying it the English way, not the French way. Yeah. Um, but it's the dancing skeletons, the yeah. like, spooky, scary skeletons everywhere. Oh, wow. And they have um, him often skeletal, reflecting um, 
death as nature as natural um going back to the earth part of bones but also he originally had a crossbow dart or other weapon um he is considered a psychocomp which is a courier of the soul mm-hmm. yeah it's like a broad genre which is the thing that is actually across different religions and times what episode was it that i was trying to remember psychopomps i was talking about it might them. have been like the third it was early right yeah it was early. yeah and um so specifically one thing that's interesting when it changed to him having a scythe because that is like harvesting Mm -hmm. it was a view of death as more natural and less violent but like a seasons thing so like we all come and go but when this was originally created with the black death it was like people um violently dying dying before their time and then getting carted off and oftentimes the images of these dancing skeletons and all these skeleton things would be like popes and um rich people and then people from the street because it really was everyone was dying right so it was a way to express their fear over this time and um kind of like the inavoidability is that a word inevitability (laughs) (laughs) inevitability of death well thank you ali you're welcome that was very thorough no ashy old men but i get Uh, it i mean i get it i get it He's pretty creepy looking. He's on his way to being a skeleton. Yeah. A little mm-hmm. jaundice and a little bit. Nice suit, though. Nice suit. <laughs> Talk about the tarot, Jordan. That was the same scene. Yeah. So they, during the lore, how they figure out their, well, not figure out, but they clue in that the cross might have something to do, like a relic or something that's yeah. carrying out these miracles. Sam remembers there's a Coptic cross on the death card of the tarot deck so, he randomly happens to yes. have with him. <laughs> so he doesn't actually say that it's the death card either and it's like a straight up grim reaper so he's like it's on this card here and he pulls out like a random thing anyone who knows anything about tarot for one like the most traditional is a raider weight tarot which Mm -hmm. is probably about two to three hundred years old Mm -hmm. um but they specifically refer to tarot as being created by (laughs) pagan priests pretty much so it was christian priests right as christianity was becoming like a mainstream thing but they were turning to the dark ways to like do witchcraft, which like is fine. But I feel like there's ways to like weave in real historical facts yes. into your TV show. So just like mm-hmm. creating an arbitrary history <laughs> of something that already exists is just a really egregious. It's definitely not as bad as the like the bugs episode or something like that. Sure, or the Wendigo. But it just kind of shows like the amount of research sometimes the show is actually looking willing to put into. It's just so made up. It is so made and up. It, they tried to make it like mysterious and dark but like um, it was just a card game. Card games came to Europe in the 1300s mm-hmm. from Egypt. Um, in Italy in the 1430s, they had, uh, it was called the Triumphi, which, mm-hmm. like, the Triumphs, and that originally it was, like, to predict your future, a little bit of a fun game, um, and it didn't become a cult until the 1700s. Yeah. Years and years, and the oldest one we have is from 1418 to 1425, um, commissioned by Duke Filippo Maria Visconti, um, and it has 60 cards, which are 16 Roman gods, so it did have the Roman, yeah. um, and then it's also the once they were four suits of birds. But even nowadays, like when you look at the death card, because they talk so much about it, like it does not represent 
you're dead, everything's dead, everything sucks. Not necessarily. Not necessarily. Often it's like... Um, it's a part of transformation and rebirth, yes. usually. The closing of one thing, the end of one thing. Yes. Before something else starts. So them saying, like, this usually. is the occult, this means you're gonna die, this means blah, 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 yeah. is just total BS. Yes. Like, that stuff is definitely made up. I actually understand what they're trying to do with it in this episode though unlike some of the other ones where they're just blatantly (laughs) like let's throw some stuff in here this one it's very clear that they're trying to hint at the fact that the christianity and the miracles that this cult are Mm -hmm. peddling is not like good or white magic it's like evil stuff so it has a thematic purpose and i think they're trying to with the tarot Mm -hmm. which is specifically associated with divination and witchcraft i think they're trying to make a link between like bad witchcraft stuff and Mm -hmm. black magic stuff so I I can see I can see all the logical steps. And for me that makes it to where I can be like okay whatever. I can't. <laughs> I can't because there's so many like the facts are easily there. You could easily work them in. Sure. And I think it would be a better point if this thing was neutral as as the grim reaper is often seen as being natural and fair. Yeah. Well, and I think actually, though, that's that's something they're trying to say is that it is neutral usually and it's being forced to not be. I agree with that point. And I feel like the fairness of death itself is something they really play with in this episode in general. Yeah, especially through through Dean starting in that very first episode or episode. Listen to me starting in that very first scene in the tent. It's just like, no, like, pick someone mm-hmm. else. Like, this isn't fair. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I I don't know. I think it's a lot about humanity, like, thinking they have a part in that process. Correct. Yeah. I um, will say, just through that scene and the dark magic kind of stuff, it kind of made me want, like, just a little side episode with Sue Ann. I want to know, like, how <laughs> Sue Ann got into her dark Her origin ma- story. Yeah. You know it's going to be something racist or appropriation. Well, yeah, well knowing with the <laughs> articles that we found, probably. <laughs> you but, know she's yeah. going to be like, That's... I went down to New Orleans. And met oh, someone. God. <laughs> yes. It's gonna be I did like horrible. her altar next to the washer and drying machine, though. <laughs> that that was made me funny. laugh. Yeah. It's so white woman. <laughs> I did like the altar setup, though. Yes. And compared to some of mm-hmm. the altars we see later in the season and later in the series, I thought it was pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yes. I liked all of the random bones. The random As a person bones cool. who collects bones... I liked the altar flip. It wasn't a dramatic flip from Sam. Yeah. <laughs> Sam's like, I'm becoming the table flip emoticon. It was a full ah. torque, a three six seed. <laughs> um, since you mentioned the newspaper articles that he mm-hmm. finds, mm-hmm. I thought it might be a good time to talk about queer identity and yes. this episode. I'll let you start on that because there's a lot to unpack. Mm-hmm. I did yeah. not fully grasp. I need to rewatch it. Yeah. So I don't I don't know if you missed it or not. It is very fast, Jordan. But the headline, the biggest one that they mm-hmm. feature is the one of the man Marshall whose heart stopped mm-hmm. that healed Dean. And yes. he was an openly gay man. Yes. Yeah. 
So they're just jumping right through the gate with the gay people healed Dean's heart. And I think he specifically he was a teacher, right? Yes. Yes. He was an openly gay teacher. And I think that definitely feeds into the stereotype of thinking if a teacher is gay, that they're going to like... Oh, make other people gay? And like ruin the youth. Like, yeah. Can you imagine? Well, that's not... That isn't what I took from it. I just thought it was a part of it. I thought it was interesting to feed into that trope and go... Because I think people today have less of a problem with being gay if you're not around people. And not that that's any more okay. I don't want to say it's okay. Um, I just think it's something reality. Well, so current events this takes place in 2005 mm-hmm. well we might be in 2006 2006 now. yeah so we're in 2006 now i specifically remember this being a topic of discussion is should gay people be allowed to teach in mm-hmm. school yeah at that time and i think that's what that article was kind mm-hmm. of an ode to yeah so well this is what i think yes and um actually i highly recommend listening to carrying wayward which is a similar podcast mm-hmm. to ours but they're a little more serious and a little less <laughs> of an out loud shit post <laughs> and their explanation of this is extremely eloquent and i probably won't get anywhere close to as nice sounding but i completely agree with it so here we go So it starts out in the beginning, right? They're hunting this monster that kills naughty children. Mm -hmm. Um, And they find the naughty children where? In a closet. And Dean saves them from the closet and then is punished. Yeah. Yeah. And then his heart is healed by a gay man. Mm -hmm. And he's told after that, but twice, that there's nothing wrong with his heart and that he has a purpose, Mm -hmm. both in a medical setting and a setting of faith. Yes. And there's just, as a queer person, <laughs> like, the, just that whole idea of just, there's nothing wrong with you. Just mm-hmm. that universal acceptance and, like, the idea of, of God's love for people being blind to their queer identity, like, it just doesn't factor in. It's, it's just very moving to me. I love that you took that away from that because I took it in a very dark way. Oh, no. Of being, like, openly gay means someone will have a problem with it. And it's the people in this offensive church that are saying this. And luckily, Layla's not as bad. But, like, it, it, it's kind of, like, the trope of, um, of, of, like, getting punished for sexuality. And so I took it as a very much, like, a almost cautionary story and how he has to live his life in such a... No, I think it's the opposite. I guess I'm also seeing here that while Sue Ann is guiding the Reaper, mm-hmm. Roy is picking who gets healed True. And is there potential that it is God's hand moving so Roy to choose Dean? That in was which a thought case, I had as well. Yeah, yeah, in which case, like, and, you know, the whole tent is lined with these messages mm-hmm. uh, about forgiveness and God's love and healing. I, so, so, to me, what I see is that God is saying that it's okay. I did agree with that. I was thinking it was humanity. That says oh, it's not. Yes. No, no I absolutely. don't mean to say that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I totally but I thought agree. it was the contrast of what humanity specifically says about yeah. this versus what religion. So that's why this is why I wanted you to talk first, so because I kind of got a different read from it. I was like, <laughs> oh my god, the children are literally being ripped out of the closet and <laughs> like the beginning. So I'm glad 
bad. Yeah. By the end, I didn't feel that way, but that was mm-hmm. my first read. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it, it was kind of the... But, um... Like, the violence of being outed. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I think there is there is something to be said of, um, of that in the fact that Marshall was the headline of mm-hmm. a newspaper for being out gay. and gay. Yes. And that in itself is a type of violence that mirrors outing someone. What would we say about the other articles then? Wait, can I say one more thing? Yes, absolutely. And if you notice, they're in Catholic school uniforms, the two children. So specifically, that brings in the being out in in a religious setting. I did not notice that. But go ahead. Sorry, I just had to add. No, yeah. I was just kind of curious then what that said about the other articles, like the one about the, um, the second woman who was murdered was. I don't. Yeah, it was a pro-choice advocate and the protester. Mm-hmm. I I think that textually there's just not enough mm-hmm. to yes. draw a conclusion about what those might mean. We don't know enough about their day-to-day lives. We don't know enough about the people who were healed when their lives were taken I or just, anything. Um, the point I wanted to make with that was that just felt... <laughs> There are definitely are some gay people in the writer's room for this episode because <laughs> yeah, it felt very yeah. 2005. The Christians want to kill all <laughs> the liberals. Yeah. True. Yeah, so. But I don't think, I mean, we live in a conservative, yes. predominantly, um, you know, white Protestant country, mm-hmm. you know? So I don't, I don't think that's a stretch to have that attitude no, i certainly I... had that attitude in 2016 me and my you know and my other gay friends were like well when they <laughs> when they found us up to go in the camps you know yeah, yeah i'm definitely not to be morbid yeah i'm not disagreeing with the message it just that's kind of the read i got with mm-hmm. it but then i sure. really did like through that and specifically those articles they really separated roy and sue Mm -hmm. yeah sue ann so they were also they had a lot to say in this episode the writers in the end too then they were trying to separate like the good and the bad Mm -hmm. christians sure from this liberal viewpoint yeah that's what i thought it was was a dialogue about the different um views of like christianity versus true christianity and the acceptance yeah versus the hatred that christians have yeah and i definitely saw like a faith in god versus a self-serving like bastardization mm-hmm. of doctrine yes yeah. yeah yeah no i think that's definitely there I also am really interested in the comparison between Roy and Dean versus Sue Ann and Sam. Mm. Did you not think about that? You're making a scrunch face. No, I hadn't thought. I not especially not with Sue and Sam. I mean, I when they separated them, I kind of got because well, both Sam and Sue wanted to like control. They yeah. were desperate. Yeah, and yeah. they were desperate, and they were using deception mm-hmm. in order to get it what never they comes wanted. Up again, what <laughs> deception to get what he wants. Yeah, no, it doesn't. I will say, though, throughout the episode, he is very like, well, maybe we could just leave it alone. 
And up until the end. When you're saying that, I do really like that because I feel like Sam this whole time when he's been on a mission to save his dad, he's very much, well, like, we can let these people be. It's not mm-hmm. our business, which I think is um, a more modern parallel because hopefully people are moving away from the outwardly problematic and causing these things mm-hmm. to the just kind of hands up, not my deal, which is also an issue. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think, I don't know. I just think... It seemed like they were trying to say that given the right circumstances, Mm -hmm. Sam could be a Sue Ann. Yeah. Sam could um, sacrifice other people and Mm -hmm. damage innocent lives Mm -hmm. in order to obtain whatever his goal was in this case, Dean's life. Mm -hmm. That's definitely something that it feels like a seed planted, so I'm kind of... (laughs) curious to see where that's gonna go throughout Mm. the series yeah people don't understand my sarcasm so if you're listening along i'm definitely being sarcastic about it never happening again (laughs) just to be super clear yeah are for first time listeners like me yeah yeah i do like how they plant so much up front and you really get characterized the difference between the two so early on yeah so if sam had known in the beginning how they were saving lives. Do you think he still would have brought Dean there under I, false pretenses? I do, but I'll let I'll let you go, Allie. You you think so? I absolutely think so, and it's specific, specifically because of one scene, and it's where Sam finds out, and Dean seems upset he's visibly upset about Mm -hmm. the fact that someone died for him to live yeah and then sam is like he probably would have died anyways yeah exactly i agree that's the same scene for me yeah me too i can't tell if a lot of these things in this episode Mm -hmm. are just happy accidents or if they were like kind of Mm -hmm. beautifully crafted because there were like yeah I do see this parallel between Sam and Sue Ann. I do think it's kind of like you do have to grasp a little bit. Like if I'm only seeing this episode one time, I'm not critically thinking about it. I may not get that. But Mm. I mean, maybe that's why people go back and watch a show like Supernatural again and again, though, is to catch those moments. So it's it's so interesting to me because it's not like every episode is like this. Mm -hmm. And but we see that there is there is intentionality in the writing, like just like in the episode before this, like there were so many different um, like relationship parallels to be drawn between different dynamics. And as a writer myself, like I feel like most of this is intentional, but then, like, you know, you get an episode like the, like the, um, dead in the water. And you just, you're like, ooh, oh, honey. It's not so fun. I'm definitely going to have to track the the writer of this episode and director and kind of see what other episodes they really do. Yeah. Yeah, that would be interesting to see who's, like, responsible for what. But then also in writers' rooms, like, often it's a bit of a mix. It is. Well, so. especially I'm really curious because um, I we had already talked about this episode has so much to say about, like, queer identity as a yeah. whole, too. Mm-hmm. So I would like to see how that tracks throughout the series. The One quote that I really do love is the um, idea of can't have faith just when miracles happen. Yeah. But also when they don't because I think that's something that Dean will have to carry with him yeah. going forward. Yeah. That was such a good scene. And I love mm-hmm. how Layla isn't physically healed, but she's like emotionally mm-hmm. healed through this process. Like she's come to accept that mm-hmm. she's going to die, probably. Yeah. Barring a miracle. But yeah. She she's she seems at peace with it. And you know, seems to try throughout the episode to mm-hmm. help Dean be at peace with mm-hmm. the fact that he's going to live. Yes. Mm-hmm. 
we actually we've talked a lot about Sam and Sue Ann and stuff. Surprisingly, Dean is the person we've not talked about, and this is a very <laughs> Dean episode. Yeah, yeah. I mean, talking about queer identity mm-hmm. is me talking about Dean yeah. anyway, because I'm telling you right now, if you're a critical viewer, and by this point you haven't been like this dude's not straight. This is the episode that you can say, mm-hmm. okay, this dude's not straight. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Rewatching, um, when me and my partner went back to start rewatching a few months back, mm-hmm. um, I was, because I watched this when I was like a lot younger, did thought I was straight, stuff like that. Like I was so surprised how early on it mentions yeah. him not being straight. Yes. Yeah. Can we talk about how depressing it is that last episode, Dean totally got the cold shoulder from his father. Mm. And then in this, he like literally doesn't think he deserves to be alive. And his father doesn't try to contact him. And his father doesn't care. I can't say he doesn't. I don't, Mm -hmm. even though I assume he doesn't care just by his characterization thus far, I can't just assume that. Well, and I think if you're the child of a neglectful father, you're going to assume that he doesn't care. What else can you think? Yeah, exactly. But yes, this was a downer episode. Mm -hmm. I managed not to cry this time watching it, but (laughs) um, other times I have cried, yes. Because it's just... It's a poor baby. Yeah. Yeah, the scene where he's like, where Julie Benz's character is getting healed and he's just kind of accepting death. Like, yeah. He's because we've seen this Grim, Grim Reaper character take victims. Every victim has fought and, and tried to live and run, and he just kind mm-hmm. of. He just accepts. stands there. Yeah. And just accepts it. Yeah. I don't even think it's technically like a suicide allegory. Mm-hmm. I think it's specifically like he doesn't feel like he deserves mm-hmm. to live. Yeah. Which I know those aren't always technically different, but... No, I agree. I think this one, it does make it clear that it's more about, like, his self-worth and guilt more than, like, yeah. well, and I taking f- action. And, oh, I feel like in the end of the episode, too, like, he hasn't gained that either. He's just, like, mm-hmm. now willing to try. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, he hasn't come to a conclusion about why me. Yes. This episode is brought to you by Prozac. Yeah. Everybody's life is valuable, Mm -hmm. even if you're not some sort of, like, predestined... Demon hunter. Demon hunter. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, so this is the last time I'm going to bring up Buffy, because I'm sure you're all sick of hearing about it by now, but, like, the first half of this episode just really gave me bad flashbacks of the episode of Buffy where Joyce is dying of cancer and everyone's just so helpless to, like, help her. It's so traumatic. Yeah, and I think... In season six of Buffy, in particular, they're dealing with ideas of, you know, desire to live and who deserves to live and, Mm -hmm. you know, how to deal with grief in very similar ways. Like, I see a lot of that with Dean in this episode. Like, all of those things are Mm -hmm. swirling around in his head. Well, if there's a gay writer in the Supernatural writing room, you know they're a Buffy fan. So, (laughs) it does not surprise me. I mean, isn't it the same network anyway? Yes, it is. So, where was Buffy Fox originally? Was CW around? It was. It would have been WB. Oh, oh, I did not know those. I think they're they're conglomerate now. That's right. That's right. So, do we think there's a difference between Dean's intuition as a hunter and his faith? Because there's a scene where after he gets healed, he's talking to Sam, and he's like, 
I just like I just know I've been hunting long enough. I know that the there's something energy. else going on. I think yes, because I think of faith differently. Yeah. I think of faith, like, sometimes you can have intuition about things, but doesn't believe, mean you believe in more. I think, yeah. like, faith is such a, a different thing you have to build, or not build, like, either's fine. Right. But I think this one really reflects about how he can have such strong intuitions and know so much, and yet question so much. Yeah. I believe, I kind of think it's both, because when you think of a gut feeling in general, you're getting half of that feeling from experience and like things that you've been through Mm -hmm. before. And then the other half would literally be a faith. Like you're literally taking a leap of faith Mm -hmm. to follow something you don't have. Yeah. There's no substantial evidence. There's just an idea that's formed. I'm not really sure what I think. I'm somewhere in between. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's so interesting because in my mind, I would have never connected those because to me, it's so separate. Mm. That scene later where he's trying to interrupt or he successfully eventually interrupts Layla being healed. Oh, that's so it hurts. It hurts. Yeah. It hurts me. Especially like even though Layla, we talk a lot about agency in women. She's not a character with a lot of agency, but she also like She I I don't know. I think she does. Really? She, I agree. Yeah. She makes a choice there because he he calls on her to have faith in him in that moment. He says, he says, I just need you to believe me. There's this isn't right. I think she doesn't have agency in actions, but she has agency in how she responds and believes. Mm. Yeah, she mm-hmm. was like a class act as a mm-hmm. character, so. Yeah. It was I mean, really I'm sure hard. a lot of that is due to Julie Benz. Shout out again. Yeah. They didn't kiss, right? No. no. Okay, thank God. I'm like, did I miss it? Because I was really glad they didn't in this episode. Yeah, and I think it's funny, too, because, um, like, Sam totally misses the mark with that. Like, he called her over thinking he was, like, setting his brother mm-hmm. up. Yeah. And I think that while Dean thinks she's beautiful because, like, hello. <laughs> <laughs> do you have eyeballs and certainly feels connected to her mm-hmm. i don't know i don't think there was any expectation or even desire for anything more than that sort of emotional intimacy mm-hmm. because that was very intimate yes i mean their relationship kind of had like they were both going through something similar yeah mm-hmm. yeah it was kind of like a cohort is like the wrong word but something kind of at like adjacent I know. What I think you I mean. get what you mean. Yeah. yeah. I don't know why the right words just because it's like you you experience something with that person and that builds a type of intimacy and a Correct. type of deep connection. Yeah, they, it's a shared experience. Mm-hmm. Connection is more what I got from it than a romantic. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think they've kissed. It would have ruined it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, plus, like Dean's been healed and she's still like Dying. ailing and emotional. Yeah, seems very advantageous. Yeah. Which we've we've learned from each episode he mm-hmm. doesn't he doesn't take advantage of yeah. people's emotional vulnerability yeah which respect because most times when there's a guy who sleeps around in a tv show they continue that joke with i would argue that sam does it oh yeah <laughs> way more than dean. dean thinking again about the Hookman girl yeah sam's the liberal guy who is really sexist <laughs> he's the obama down. book he's the obama <laughs> Serial bisexual. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god. What was it? Was it the sociology major or whatever? Uh, What a douche. (laughs) 
this was just a little fun little tidbit. Mm -hmm. I don't know if I would call it an Easter egg or whatever, but you kind of had to pay attention for it. Mm -hmm. They um, alluded to the number 666. Mm -hmm. They did. When was that? Yeah. So six people had been healed over six Mm -hmm. months, and Layla had visited the service six times. Was evil. Was evil. Yeah. <laughs> I told you, there's a lot going on. Yeah. And then this is also from Carrying Wayward, and I definitely wouldn't have thought to look this yeah. up, but they looked up 417 for Bible passages mm. and uh, drew from John mm-hmm. 417, and it was all about, um, like, you know, affirming a God's all-encompassing accepting mm. love thing. And I loved how they connected that to queer identity. I and my first thought was wow if only john their actual father was like that you know it just made like all of my existing ideas about john in this episode his absence is so much more Mm. ouchy i feel like whoever wrote this episode probably should have just wrote the first season (laughs) yeah this one and the last one i'm gonna use a teenage word it's hit different yes oh look at you i'm also gonna say having the gay guy be killed off violently i'm gonna claim it as violent because mm-hmm. obviously it was before him time i'm glad that god had him die at 417 to be like a big middle finger yeah it was great That's true it's like you're gonna kill the gay man but oh well he died in god's encompassing love yeah That's the great. last thing i wanted to talk about unfortunately a little bit excludes jordan sorry jordan That's okay because i'm talking about the future of this show and i i wanted to talk about dean saying that he isn't the praying type but that he's going to pray for layla and knowing that he prays to Cass Mm -hmm. every day in purgatory not knowing if he can hear breaks my heart yeah it just (sighs) really deepens that that intimacy knowing mm-hmm. that he doesn't consider himself a man of faith or a mm-hmm. man of prayer well i think there's a lot too when they they keep like um paralleling john winchester and god yeah and not that he is god but like having faith in a being yeah and i think um when he finds Cass, he can put his faith in him because it's a source of like love and pure love and yeah. acceptance which yeah. he was looking for all along of course and find in the father and i think like Castiel being an angel, he's a manifestation mm-hmm. of faith, the same way Layla is a manifestation of faith in this episode. Yeah, it's so, all heartbreaking and sweet. It's it's wonderful, I think, and I don't know if, like, mm-hmm. when they were writing future seasons, they looked back on this episode mm-hmm. for inspiration, but if I hadn't known that angels came into the story on accident because of the writer's strike, mm-hmm. I would look at this episode as an episode of foreshadowing. Yeah, me too. It really feels yeah. so connected to later on. Yeah. But maybe they also were like, we have to draw on something, so maybe they went back to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The same way perhaps they pulled the contact information of Robin <laughs> from Dean's cell phone yeah. in the previous episode, episode 11. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just, I love this setting that up and setting that um, sense of like finally achieving that faith, whatever that faith may be. Yeah, exactly. And I feel like Cass is the perfect combination Mm -hmm. of this sort of faith is surrendering Mm -hmm. to love, but also believing in what you see with your eyes. Mm -hmm. It's just so... (sighs) 
but also blindly putting your faith in something that will love you back. I'm having so many feelings. (laughs) I'm going to cry. Also, Jordan is like, I'm bored. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry, Jordan. I just had to gush about that a little bit. No, it's interesting foresight. I'm excited to see. I'm I'm having a lot of fun in the first season, but I'm really excited to get to later seasons of the show. Oh, there is. Like every other season, one of my favorite characters comes in and it makes me so pumped. <laughs> hmm. Bobby, Cass, Crowley. Oh, yeah. It's like every other season, they introduce one. I'm pumped. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we do finally get Bobby soon. Mm. Soon, soon, soon. Bobby! Aw, <laughs> we love Bobby. I can't wait. You're gonna love Bobby, Jordan. Yeah, I think I'm you'll excited. love Bobby even more than we do. I think so too. <laughs> I just like sh- shouting his name. The only shouting we've gotten so far is Dean. Dean. Samet. <laughs> no, no, it's Samet. I love you trying to do this. <laughs> I'm so bad at them. You're My so voice. raspy, like. <laughs> I got the rasp down. My voice is just so high pitched. Yeah, but Dean's like kind of raspy in like a jolly way. You're raspy in like a, oh, I just started smoking. <laughs> oh, it's been 20 years. Can you do the Dean? Dean. Dean. I haven't heard of Sammy yet in the show. <laughs> no, he hasn't done it yet. I heard Sam. It gets great when he yells Sammy specifically. Yes, it's super goofy. Accent on the me. <laughs> I'm sorry, I did have a fan fiction prepared, mm-hmm. but I changed my mind. <laughs> um, instead of the one that I had saved, I'm going to recommend one that's actually like really good and mm-hmm. popular, although I haven't finished it. Um, and it is set after season 11, but I think it's okay. It's <laughs> fine. Um, it's called You Can Keep Holding On by Northern Sparrow. Northern Sparrow is so good um one of my favorite fan fictions Mm -hmm. for this series like at all period wow is by this writer everything they do is just super good although they do seem to have a like a preference for wing kink which is really not my thing but anyway this one is called you can keep holding on summary Hiatus fix set after the season 11 finale. Dean's alive. Sam's alive. They're going to get cast from wherever he got zapped to, and everything's finally going to be all right. Dean's on top of the world. A little voice in the back of his head is whispering, it's never that easy, but Dean ignores it. Um, <clears throat> This one is like a big hurt comfort thing, mm. and I will say it does involve cancer, which is why I bring it up. Um, mm. It's very depressing. Just big warning there. <laughs> There's no, um, it is not tagged major character death, though. I haven't finished it, so I can't really say one way or the other if anybody dies. But You're I just really thought. really selling this. <laughs> since, whatever. No, it's like, this writer is really good. I'll, I'll read some of the tags. Point of view Dean, Jealous Dean, Emotionally Repressed Dean, Hurt Comfort, Hurt Cass, Bunker Fick, Slow Burn, Platonic Cuddling, maybe not so platonic, Lesser Trench Coat, but also the Greater Trench Coat. Oh. <laughs> Feathers, Angst, Sad, It Gets Better, Bed Sharing, Worried Dean, Cassio Wump, Dean is 99% straight, maybe not 100, Caretaker Dean, Supportive Sam, Wing Kink, Feather Kink, also Netflix and Chill. So if you like her comfort, this is a good one for that. And I would say that Northern Sparrow in general is good for that tag. Mm -hmm. But since we're dealing with like ideas of like 
grief and learning to live with your impending death and whether or not you deserve to live. It just seemed like more suitable than the one that I had um, saved. No beach story today. No beach story today. I give you pain. <laughs> Be nice. But this one is actually like I've read a bunch of it and I know it's good. Unlike most of the ones I've highlighted <laughs> before. Some of those we know they're bad. Yeah. <laughs> I'm oh, even reading yeah. them. <laughs> it's just that the ones that I like are really more plot relevant to like post season five mm. most of the time. So. I actually, I kind of wonder, I would like a redo of this episode in a fanfic, but have it be this exact episode, but Dean actually has like some kind of support system. I wonder what that would be like. Oh no. (laughs) I can't cope with that. (laughs) Because it would show what he's missing. (laughs) No. (laughs) I mean, he kind of, he has Sam, but Sam is like, I think with Dean wants or needs maybe is the kind of person who when you're sick like coddles the shit out of you and sam is just like we're going to solve this problem sam's just like an emotionally stunted man child which is interesting because i think most of the time dean is the one that we're like stop being emotionally constipated i mean they can both be emotionally stunted man children yeah abuse (laughs) does change the actual physical shape of your brain yes and your ability to deal with emotional distress Mm -hmm. permanently for your life so (laughs) that's very true so on this cheerful note (laughs) how did you all feel i'm gonna rate it a 4.5 out of 5. Ooh, perfectly torqued table flips. <laughs> Did you say torqued? Torqued. Okay, I thought you said twerked. twerked. I did at first, too. I was like, I didn't notice Sam no. twerking. Yeah, but he, he flipped over a table with that fat ass. <laughs> his ass is not, that thing. His ass is not fat until season six. So you wouldn't be able to tell with those fucking jeans anyways. <laughs> Um, I'm going to begrudgingly rate it five out of five Coptic crosses. Oh, I was going to say Coptic crosses. I sometimes know if I'm going to steal you. (laughs) (laughs) And I try to bet on it. Um, but I thought it was really good. It was a lot of character development. It is so sad and heavy, which isn't always my thing during the pandemic at least oh yeah jesus heavy medical shit during a heavy medical shit time usually i love that but like not so much now i do think it was like really well done with a lot there and a lot of i love the themes of faith i mean i have a tattoo about it so i really (laughs) do enjoy that yeah well especially like thematically there wasn't a whole lot going on with this episode after dean like Mm. was healed so, like, they were really able to connect. I mean, sorry, you what I'm trying think. to say is they made it very thematic. Yeah. In a pretty mm. streamlined story. Because you wouldn't expect to have that dense and that Yes. Many. I know what you mean. Is mm-hmm. how I meant it. Yes. <laughs> yeah, this is a five out of five uh, for me, too. We'll mm-hmm. go with five out of five um, oversized black depression hoodies. Which is what Dean was wearing. <laughs> <laughs> what I'm going to change into when I get <laughs> But um, if it, if it wasn't clear, 
earlier in the episode just from listening to me talk this is my favorite episode from Mm -hmm. season one and I actually think it is one of the best episodes Mm -hmm. in the series period which is saying something Mm -hmm. since it's been going for 15 years so hit a home run this early on really really good snaps for our boys now I have so much to look forward to in the rest of the season. I'm not saying there aren't pl- like a plethora <laughs> yes. of other good episodes. It's just all bugs every episode. No! Bugs. I'm just saying like season four is just like banger mm-hmm. after banger. It's it's so good. I don't want to finish it. It's yeah. so good. Ugh, it hurts. What do you expect to happen next? More bugs? Ooh. <laughs> I feel like we got to get some plot in here now since we took a break from it. Okay. Um, so I'm gonna go with some a big old demon dad. Oh. Yeah, cause uh, Meg was talking to demon dad, so I want some demon daddy. Oh, okay. All right. How about like emotional or character content? What um, do you see next. Oh my god, For it's the, all like. Who said the bros? Demon Winchester. daddy isn't emotional content. <laughs> oh, I wonder. True. We've had a lot of parallels between john and god i wonder if we're gonna get some parallels between john and this more dubious father of meg there was they did make that parallel yes they Mm -hmm. did and i I wanted to keep that yeah i love that prediction all right so we're saying demon daddy in the future and also (laughs) zaddy zaddy and also um john versus the Meg demon yes. kind of thing. Maybe we're going to actually physically get John in next episode. <gasps> that would be incredible. <laughs> we'll right. find out. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I do know, and I'm not going to say. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in to On the Road with Supernatural. Our theme music was composed by Anthony Ployhart, and special thanks to Sophia London for our logo. If you're having fun, hit us up on Tumblr, Instagram, or Twitter at OTR Supernatural. Contact us by email at ontheroadwithsupernatural at gmail.com with any questions or feedback. That's all for today. See you next time in Cape Girardeau, Missouri. Bye. Bye. Bye.